And good afternoon and welcome back to The Word Encounter. Uh, before we get started, I just want to make a statement here. Um, I implore you to get into the Word for yourself. It is critical that you uh, get the nuances and details and, and ha- have that Word saturate your soul. It doesn't matter uh, how good of a uh, preacher or teacher or whatever somebody else is. You know, the Lord is seeking your heart and He wants you to seek Him. And so it's important because uh, there are some things that will be only... Um, uh, uh, applicable to you that may not be coming through somebody else unless you explore the word directly. And so with that, let's get started. And so we're going to uh, start back in, um, uh, what is it, Exodus chapter 9. And so <clears throat> so the Lord is telling Moses to go in and talk to Pharaoh. And in verse 2 it says, um, but if you refuse to let my people go and keep holding them, verse 3, then the Lord's hand will bring a severe plague against your livestock in the field, the horses, donkeys, camels, herds, and flocks. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt so that nothing of all of Israel, uh, so that nothing of, so that nothing of all that the Israelites own will die. And so we're dealing with the fifth plague here. We went through four plagues yesterday. And then uh, it goes on to say in verse six, the Lord did this the next day. All the Egyptian livestock died and nothing among the Israelite livestock died. Uh, Pharaoh sent messages, sent messengers who saw that not a single one of the Israelite livestock was dead. And so we see that the Lord is telling him, you know, is telling Pharaoh, this is what's going to happen. And this is exactly what happened. He sent a plague. It killed all the livestock and not a single livestock from the Israelites uh, was was dead. And so um, uh, the uh, Pharaoh caused Moses and 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 but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. And so he did nothing. He would not let the people go. So we go on to the sixth plague. And so we see that um, in verse 10, chapter nine, verse 10. So they took furnace soot. So what happened is they took furnished suit and stood before Pharaoh, Moses and Aaron. Moses threw it towards the heaven and it became festering boils on people and animals. And so the sixth plague was boils. So he took furnished suit, he threw it in the air, it came down and then it started boiling on people's skin and whatnot. But the Lord hardens Pharaoh's heart. He did not let the Israelites go. So we move on to the seventh plague, and we see in verse 15, by now I could have stretched out my hand and struck you and your people with a plague, and you would have been obliterated from the earth. So this is the Lord speaking through Moses. Verse 16, however, I have let you live for this purpose, to show you my power and to make my name known on the whole earth. And so he's taking Pharaoh through this. He keeps hardening his heart because he, the Lord wants to show the world his power to let the world know that he is who he says he is. And so we see in verse 18, tomorrow at this time, I will rain down the worst hail that has ever occurred in Egypt from the day it was founded until now. So we see the seventh plague is hail. He says, I'm sending hail. I said, well, how bad can hail be? You know, it can't be that bad. Well, in verse 20, it says, those among, well, those among Pharaoh's officials who feared the word of the Lord made their servants and livestock flee uh, to shelters. And so 
unlike Farrell, this his officials said, well, okay, if this is going to be hell, this has got to be something that we're probably not familiar with. So just to be sure, I'm going to get my livestock and my people, you know, under roof so that they don't get hurt. And verse, harmed. In verse 21, but those who didn't take the heart, uh, the Lord's word, left their servants and livestock in the field. So some believed, some didn't. Some took cover, some didn't. <clears throat> in verse 25, throughout the land of Egypt, the hail struck down everything in the field, both people and animals. The hail beat down every plant of the field and shattered every tree in the field. In verse 26, the only place it didn't hail was in the land of Goshen where the Israelites were. And so in verse 27, it says, Pharaoh sent uh, for Moses and Aaron. I have sinned this time, he said to them. The Lord is the righteous one. I and my people are the guilty ones. And so Pharaoh is now coming to the conclusion that, okay, I've been wrong. You know, maybe I need to do something about this. In verse 33, it says, Moses, Moses left Pharaoh in the city and spread out his hand to the Lord. Then the thunder and hail ceased and rain no longer poured down on the land. When Pharaoh saw that the rain, hail and thunder had ceased, he sinned again and hardened his heart he and his officials. And so when he was under the gun, when it was hailing, when people were dying, when livestock was dying, when all of this stuff was happening, he says, okay, I've sinned, I've done wrong, you know, I'm going to let you go, and this, that, and the other. Moses calls to the Lord, the hail ceases, the rain stops, the thunder stops, and then Pharaoh reverts back to, no, nah, you ain't going nowhere. And so we go on to chapter 10 in the eighth plague. And so it says in verse 3, so Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and told him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? And so he's, 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 uh, uh, the Lord is telling Pharaoh, you know, you have been arrogant. How long is it before you are going to humble yourself before me? And in many ways, it seems as though that's the question that has been being asked of humankind today. It seems as though we think that we can do anything because, because we're humans and we don't regard the Lord in any significant way. And I believe the Lord is asking us, how long are you going to go before you humble yourself before me? <clears throat> and so we see down in verse seven, Pharaoh's officials asked him, how long must this man be a snare to us? This man being Moses, let the men go so that they may worship the Lord their God. Don't you realize that Egypt is devastated? So these are Pharaoh's officials talking to him. And so in verse uh, in verse eight, so Moses and Aaron were brought back to Pharaoh. Go worship your God, Pharaoh said, but exactly who will be going? So he wants to know who's going to be going. I'm, I'm going to send you who will be going. Moses replied, we will go with our young and with our old. We will go with our sons and with our daughters, with our flocks and our herds, because we must hold the Lord, because we must hold the Lord's festival. Pharaoh said to them, the Lord would have to be with you if I would ever let you and your families go. So the Pharaoh said, no, 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 no. All of y'all ain't going. And so the Lord's going to have to be with you because this is not going to happen. Moses says, okay. In verse 13, so Moses stretched out his staff over the land of Egypt and the Lord sent an east wind over the land um, all that day 
and through the night. By morning, the east wind had brought in the locusts. You know, locusts are nasty things. They're ugly. They're kind of like big grasshoppers. They're, they're just, they're, ugh. And so, in verse 15, they covered the surface of the whole land so that the land was black, and they consumed all the plants on the ground and all the fruit on the trees that the hail had left. And so nothing green was left. They consumed everything. And so verse 16, um, Pharaoh urgently sent for Moses and Aaron and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Please forgive me my sin uh, once more and make an appeal to the Lord your God so that he will take, so that he will just take this death away from me. And so Moses, I mean, you know, Pharaoh is realizing this, is making an appeal to the Lord and whatnot. And so that's what happens. Moses comes in. There's a west wind that comes. All the locusts blow out. But Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he changed his mind. I'm not letting nobody go. And so we go on to the ninth plague and we see in verse 22. So Moses stretched his hand towards the heaven and there was a thick darkness throughout the land of Egypt for three days. One person could not see, uh, see another. And for three days, they did not move from where they were. Yet all the Israelites had light where they lived. Pharaoh summoned Moses and said, go worship the Lord. Even your families may go with you. Only your flocks and herds may stay. So we see uh, Pharaoh is trying to negotiate who can go and who can stay. He still thinks he has a, a, a degree of control or some say in what's going to happen. Uh, in verse 24, Pharaoh summoned Moses and said, go worship the Lord. Even your family and your flocks, you know, I already said that, may stay behind. Verse 26, even our livestock must go with us. Not a hoof will be left behind because we will take some of them to worship the Lord our God. And so this is Moses telling him, no, no, no. We're going with our livestock too. We're not leaving nothing. We're going. <clears throat> but the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he was unwilling to let them go. Pharaoh said to him, leave me. Make sure you never see my face again. For on the day you see my face, you will die. And so then uh, we go on into chapter 11. And uh, so on the 10th plague, so in verse three, the Lord gave the people favor with the Egyptians. In addition, Moses himself was very highly regarded in the land of Egypt by Pharaoh's officials and the people. And so Moses was having, having an issue with Pharaoh, but among Pharaoh and the people, I mean, but among, amongst the officials and the people, he was fine. In verse four, so Moses said, this is what the Lord says, about midnight, I will go throughout Egypt and every firstborn male in the land of Egypt will die. From the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on the throne to the firstborn of the servant girl who is at uh, Gridstones, who is at the Gridstones, as well as every firstborn of the livestock. In verse seven, but against all the Israelites, whether people or animals, not even a dog were snarl, so that you will know that the Lord makes a distinction between Egypt and Israel. All the officials of yours will come down to me and bow before me, saying, get out you and your people who follow you. After that, I will get out and we, and he will go from, um, and he went out from Pharaoh's presence fiercely angry. And so Moses left Pharaoh, but he was very angry because he did not want to bring this plague of the firstborn. And so we go into chapter 12. And so we see in, uh, in verse five, you must have an unblemished male a year old male, you may take from either the sheep or the goats. And so this is Moses telling the Israelites how to prepare for this plague. <clears throat> then the whole assembly of the community of Israel will slaughter the animals at twilight. They must take some of the blood and put it on two doorposts 
and the lintel of houses where they eat them. Verse 8, they are to eat the meal at night. They should eat it roasted over fire along with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. So he's telling them what to do the night of the plague. He's giving them a recipe, instructions, what to do. We see in verse 11, here, here's how you must eat it. You must dress for travel, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. You are to eat it in a hurry. It is the Lord's Passover. I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and strike every firstborn male in the land of Egypt, both people and animals. I am the Lord. I will execute judgments against all the gods of Egypt. Verse 13, the blood on the houses where you are staying will be a distinct, a distinguishing mark for you. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. No plague will be among you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day is to be a memorial for you and you must celebrate it uh, as a festival to the Lord. Uh, you are to celebrate it throughout the generations as a permanent statue. And so if we go over to verse 26, when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? You are to reply, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord for he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and spared our homes. And so then we see here, as we go into verse 29, now at midnight, the Lord struck every firstborn male in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on the throne to the firstborn of the prisoner who was in the dungeon and every firstborn of the livestock. During the night, Pharaoh got up, he along with all of his officials and all the Egyptians, and there was a, a loud wailing throughout Egypt because there wasn't a house without someone dead. Verse 31, he summoned Moses and Aaron uh, during the night and said, get out immediately from among my people. Both you and the Israelites must go. Worship the Lord as you have said. Take even your flocks and your herds as you ask and leave me and also bless me. And so Pharaoh was telling them, get out of here. But before you leave, bless me. And so we see in verse 35, the Israelites act, acted on Moses' word and asked the Egyptians for silver and gold items for their clothing, for, for clothing. And the Lord gave the people such favor with the Egyptians that they gave them what they requested. In this way, they plundered the Egyptians when they left. In verse 37, the Israelites traveled from Ramesses to Sukkoth, about 600,000 able-bodied men on foot besides their families. And so this is called the Exodus. They are getting out of Egypt because <clears throat> they were the Egyptians had to get them out because the plagues were too much. And in verse 40, it said the time that the Israelites lived in Egypt was about 430 years. And so there we have it. And tomorrow we'll pick up 